Did you know that para actually means yeah. money in Turkish? Really? Yeah. So wow. you were destined to do this job. Oh my god. Maybe maybe I'm Bernard sure means maybe Bernard means crypto. <laughs> The Jamas are gonna fight you for that. <laughs> They're gonna fight you for that. Maybe I should look into Turkey and um, maybe I'm destined to be a king over there. Oh my gosh, maybe. 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 Like, that'll That's be a right. huge vibe. What's up and welcome to the Fintech X podcast, the podcast where we talk about the Fintech experience and your experience with Fintech and personal finance. I'm Mary Maswen and in this episode, I got the chance to interview the one and only Bernard Para, CEO of Bitnob. Last episode, I did a review of the app called Bitnob. And I'm going to drop a link to that in the show notes. And I decided to bring up the CEO to tell us a little bit more about Bitnob, its beginnings, and what inspired the starting of the company. Um, He also went ahead to share some tips for people who want to start investing in cryptocurrencies, the red flags and the green flags to watch out for. And we also get to hear a little bit about what Bitnob is working on. And that is really exciting to have that on this episode. The episode was just so much fun to record and you could really see Bernard's um, personality shine through. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast from whatever platform you're listening and drop a review. That is going to help push the podcast forward so more people get to listen and learn about fintech and personal finance. So yeah, without further ado, this is the interview with Bernard Para, CEO Bitnol. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Bernard. That's a tough question, I know, but... <laughs> I'm from just uh, Plateau State. Um, first of five boys, so we refer to our house as a boys hostel. Eclog. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, software engineer, software engineering background. Um, I call myself a full-time Bitcoiner and a part-time farmer. Um, I love farming. Oh, that's uh, cool. I love cooking. Uh, I love reading. Uh, and I don't know. Whenever I say this, people find it like weird. Uh, I love doing the dishes. Oh, damn. Uh, and I wish my podcast was a dating <laughs> podcast. Damn. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, those are things that um, I typically just do to relax um, or play games, uh, you know. And I think um, I, I picked up um, reading at a very early age, uh, just picking up my mom's um, novels, picking up newspapers, just um, so curious. You know, I had this curiosity that was so difficult to satisfy, right? Uh, always trying to read things that are kind of what people will say above your age grade or stuff, right? Like, I want 10 year old spends his time reading newspapers and all of that. Uh, I mean, I just, um, I'm a cool person to be around. Um, my friends say that, uh, but I prefer it when they say I'm annoying because uh, whenever they say I'm cool, I'm cool, I'm cool, then I feel like something is wrong. But when they say I'm annoying, then, yeah, that means life is beautiful. Yeah, annoying uh, is the best way to go. 
not a dull moment. No, no, not at all, not at all. Yeah, so I mean, I, I take my work really serious. Uh, I love things like um, I love Bitcoin most, especially. And outside of that, um, I love history. So if I'm watching documentaries a lot, I love economics as well, right? I love digging into you know all of those things that don't concern me, just um, to just to satisfy my curiosity. And of course, uh, I love watching cartoons. Yeah, I'm not shy to say it. Uh, yeah, I'm almost thirty, but I love watching cartoons. So that's that's, that's just a bit about me. I, I don't think cartoons have an age. I mean, I love cartoons too. Yeah, it makes me feel like a child. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just kind of like look when look at you. You don't have any problems in this world. It just you know, and it's so beautiful to watch. Really, yeah. Everyone, the story behind Bernard Para's success is cartoons. So if you, <laughs> if you're just wondering. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, so that's a secret maybe. sauce, cartoons. Maybe. Okay. Lots of Shrek. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Madagascar and all of those ones. Yes, that's yeah, a secret right cartoons. there. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. if, if you guys have been sleeping on cartoons, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> like, that's a secret <laughs> to success. So, like, yeah. tell us a little bit about what inspired Bitnob. I'm a huge fan. I love the yeah. app. It's the most beautiful app that I've seen because I've reviewed so Thank many apps. You. But it's like, that yeah. is the most beautiful app I've seen. And I mean, I'm yet to see an app that's going to like break that record. I've not seen any yet. So like, what is, what is the secret behind it? What inspired Bitnob? Yeah. Um, so thanks for the compliments. And, um, you know, I hope the person who designed this will be... <laughs> <laughs> we had this one take all her accolades and of course with her team. Yeah, so Bitnobism basically it's it's a story of like um four or five years ago. Sometime in um twenty seventeen. I kind of quit my full time job and then to focus on the crypto space. I felt there was an opportunity in that space. I mean I've been doing Bitcoin since twenty thirteen. But um, it took me a while to like, you know, just say, okay, uh, I'm going to drop everything and just focus on this. Uh, I started being up with a friend back in Ghana. And what we were just doing was, you know, mostly helping people who wanted to buy large amounts of Bitcoin, you know, get it right. So I will call OTC transactions. Yeah, I did a bit of that, uh, mixing it with freelancing, uh, you know, did a lot of that for like um, between 2017 to late 2018. Uh, when I got back to Nigeria from Ghana, um, kind of restructured Bitnob to so so at a point, Bitnob was kind of um, like a service where you could just buy like a voucher, right? And um, it instantly converts into BTC. Uh, that didn't really take off at that time. Seemed too early for its time. Uh, we shut that down. Uh, we built a uh, what we call a non-custodial wallet, uh, which is something that works like trust wallets or a blockchain wallet, right? Um, we did all of that. And of course, yeah, it started getting some traction. Had lots of downloads from all over the world. Uh, not really, a lot of them were not even in Nigeria. That was the funny thing. Um, but within this time, you know, we did a lot of teaching where we taught people, you know, how to trade cryptocurrencies, how to build stuff. 
you know, on cryptocurrencies and all of that. Sometime in 2019, I didn't do a lot of work on BitNob, right? So we worked on another startup, and by the time that startup was kind of, um, by the time we were done with it in early 2020, uh, it didn't really take off as we would have wanted. And uh, I, I just called my friends, uh, my colleagues, uh, who have been on and off BitNob with for a while, and I'm like, okay, guys, you know what? Uh, I think we've been building this space for a while and um, there's this need that hasn't still been met. Like we're still early and we know how to do this. We're passionate about this. We have this thing helps us like daily. So, you know, who better than us to come uh, and do this? So it says, okay, we're going to drop everything. We're not going to freelance. We're not going to do any consulting. We're just going to, you know, focus on building this app once and for all. And basically that was it, you know, just thinking of, okay, look, Bitcoin has done this for me. I've gotten paid using Bitcoin, you know, over the years, I've been able to pay people around the world using Bitcoin. Like a lot of things that I couldn't have done without Bitcoin, I've been able to do it with them. And so this great um, economic opportunity, this great uh, freedom as well. And, you know, it's kind of an asymmetric bet life. This is going to be something that... Uh, you know, will be worth much, much more in the next few years than Africans like us shouldn't, you know, lose out. We lost out on the early days of the internet and somehow we're behind right now. But um, this is still early. Cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin is still early. And we can position ourselves to, you know, help a lot of more people do this because there's interest, there's demand, uh, but then there's a shortage of supply. So, so that was what inspired, uh, you know, us to you know, say, okay, let, let's go for it again and see how things turn out. Wow, that's really cool. So, Bitnob has been around for a really long time. I mean, who knew? <laughs> that was absolutely amazing. Um, so, yeah. you said that you had the voucher system in 2017. Um, and that was in 2019 or so. So, like... Yeah. How was the reception of the voucher system at that time? Because I feel that is like yeah. the genius part of BitNob. Like if there was one thing I could choose about the app that I love the, so much is that voucher system. I think it's genius. Yeah. I think um, what happened then was um, some ideas are kind of um, too early for that time, right? You know, of course, during that period, uh, exchanges didn't you know, have any issues connecting with them payments uh, providers, right? So you could connect a Flutterwave, you could connect a Paystack to your store. You know, a few of them were already doing that. The other issue is we were doing it part-time, right? So I kind of doing bit up and then doing freelance gigs. So we didn't really give it that push that it, because it's kind of something that we demand your full time to push it. And then we didn't really get to push it. But we did a small communities that we pushed it back then. Uh, and ironically as well, now again, most of those communities were not in Nigeria again, uh, which just takes us back to, uh, you know, crypto, some crypto communities in Canada, uh, the US, you know, uh, Philippines, you know, all these guys, you know, just got them to try this out. And I was like, yeah, this is really cool, this is really cool. But we never got to, like, actually go out there and really start pushing it, uh, you know, at that point in time, because there was no one, like, really working full time on Vietnam. I think that was one of the other reasons why, you know, uh, it didn't really fly as would have wanted. Wow, you said Philippines right now. My eyes were like, oh, yay, because <laughs> I'm actually half Filipino. <laughs> oh, wow, nice. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I'm half Filipino. 
Ah, como está acá? Bueno, os le dicho a galón. Oh, yeah, it is so cool. I'm, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so you said all cool. these different people tried it from different countries. I mean, that's really impressive. Do you mind if you can, like, share some of the feedback that you got? The, the most common thing that um, we used to get back then, uh, you know, uh, it's kind of, wow, okay, this is so fast. Because the way it worked back then was you didn't sign up for an account as long as you had the voucher. Uh, we had a website where you just come, enter the voucher, drop your Bitcoin address, and then you get the Bitcoin instantly sent to your address. No need to sign up, uh, anything. So it was just, uh, it was insanely fast, right? And um, it was mostly, wow, wow. But, you know, the same question kept being, uh, you know, so how do we keep getting these vouchers consistently without having to contact you and whatnot, you know? So that was what we never got to uh, doing at that point in time, which is uh, figuring out the distribution. But the reception was like um, excellent for everyone who used it. it yeah. I mean, it still is fast the way it is right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we learned, uh, we, we learned lessons, right? We learned some lessons. And um, yeah, so yeah, I think uh, it's pretty fast right now. You buy it, you get it almost instantly uh, sent to you, and then you redeem it almost instantly as well. Just that the, the difference now is you're redeeming in an app. Uh, you know, as well. So yeah, still, um, still same tech, awesome. more improved. So, what would you say is the reception of cryptocurrency in Nigeria like? Um, of course, it has improved over the years, but I mean, what's your perspective on the reception generally? I, I think um, it's kind of um, you you look at it from two different um, let's say different demographics. You have these Gen Zs. To them, that's like one of the best things ever because for a lot of them, back in the day when we probably were looking for ways to uh, buy U.S. stocks, right, and like there's no way to do it, you know, from Nigeria. I remember reading Rich Dad Poor Dad sometime around like 2003, 2004, they're about, you know, I kept reading the book, reading the other books, you know. You know, there's all this talk of real estate, stocks and whatnot, right? You read, um, yeah. uh, you know. Graham and all of that, the richest man in Babylon, all of those things. And, and really, there was really nothing you could do about uh, them. So, but for these um, Gen Zs, right, they didn't really have to experience all that. Just came in and, you know, <laughs> you can start investing from day one, right? So, mm -hmm. for them, it's like the best thing ever, right? You know, uh, for a lot of them, it's true cryptocurrencies that they probably made their first 100k, their first 50k. Right, they never thought they could make that amount, like just putting their money into something, and then that was just what happened, you know. Then you have um, you have the demography like um, those who are still skeptical because of things like MMM that happened in 2016, right? Uh, some of them say think that um, cryptocurrency is like Bitcoin is like a company, right? I once saw someone mm -hmm. on Twitter saying that, ah, man. I know they need to go and shut down this Bitcoin office. This Bitcoin people are disturbing us too much and all of that. You know, it's kind of crazy. Oh my God. Right. <laughs> yeah, so you have this type of people that still believe that this is a scam, uh, probably run by a few people and whatnot. And for them, they kind of take whatever uh, negative things media says uh, just to, you know, uh, serve you know, as confirmation bias for them. You know, so, so but I, I think, I think the the larger part of the population, right, um, are indifferent about it, okay? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe when 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 the market is uh, when we're in a bull run, you have they probably ask you about it once, twice, and other. Hey, how do I do this? How do I do this? And if you don't get anyone to help them do it, they don't really bother themselves. It's not like a do or die affair. Yeah. To them at that point in time, it's just uh, more of curiosity and just to see how what they can do uh, in it, right? And you know when it goes back to a BM market, then they start being happy that they actually didn't put money in it at that point <laughs> that they would have put money in that are probably lost um, right now. So you have this, um, I think a lot of people are still indifferent. Um, and for a lot of people who are indifferent, I think it's more of an educational thing. Uh, they want to know, they want to learn about it before making their decision to put their money into it. Yeah, but the most most of the population, I, you know, I'll put it that um, if with a population of 200 million, for example, right, uh, output adoption at say, you know, still less than 5%, which means that like, um, it's still really early days, uh, you know, uh, for crypto adoption in Nigeria. You know, when it comes to crypto, I find it fascinating, but then, you know, when you're experiencing like a downturn in the market, like, you know, that the dip that we, <laughs> we experience. It's normal human behavior to feel concerned and scared. But like, yeah. what would you tell such people who want to believe that crypto is like the best thing, but at the same time not freak out because they're actually making major losses? Yeah, so... Um... I mean, this has been always been said over the years, right? And um, I think it's still not too late to keep on repeating it, right? That um, if you are one of such people, the first thing to the first way to look at it is um, decide how much you can lose without losing sleep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for some people, uh, you know, if they lose ten thousand naira today, you know, they can still go to bed without losing sleep, right? Yeah. It doesn't really affect their life in a way. Then if you if you make that decision, if you now know, uh, if you now if you now decided your threshold, right, that you know for another person it could be hundred naira. Okay, if I lose anything on uh, higher than hundred naira, it's really gonna you know affect me, right? For another person, it's ten million, right? Anything below ten million, like the person will freak out, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So we all have different levels. So what you need to do is first decide for yourself what level like what amount looks like if you lose then it's not really going to affect you then you know once you make that decision the next thing is not to think of this um <clears throat> bitcoin is what we call uh, like an asymmetric bet right okay which means that the potential upside the upside the potential upside are much better than the downside all right mm-hmm. so Bitcoin is like $30,000 today. Worst case scenario, Bitcoin is going to go back to $0, right? Yeah. Best best case scenario or probable scenario is that someday Bitcoin will be worth probably a million dollars or let's even say $200,000, right? Now when you think about it, it means there's more room on the upside than on the downside, right? Mm-hmm. So if I put if I put 10,000 Naira and it goes 10x, on the upside, it means I've made a hundred k, right? But if it goes down, it means I've lost ten k. Like my loss, my losses have a threshold; it's down to zero, right? But my gains have no threshold; they have no limits. 
Just wanted to take a couple minutes of your time to thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you want to support the podcast, feel free to drop a tip using the Shukran link in the show notes. Shukran is a platform that allows creators to be tipped for their creative work and your support will go a long way to help get new equipment for the podcast and also allow me to test out more fintech apps so that you'll be informed on what's the latest in fintech. So yeah, once again, the Shukran link is in the show notes. And so let me not delay you any further. And this is the rest of the episode. So then you make that decision and say, okay, because uh, in life we have to take a lot of asymmetric bets, right? Just see how things uh, go, you know? So that's the second thing to think about. Like, okay, can I think about it this way? If you have that balance, then the next thing you need to do is, um, so typically people will tell you to, you know, kind of go and educate yourself and all of that before putting your money in, right? But what I've found out is that people tend to go and learn more about it after they put money in. Some people take time yeah, to say, That is true. Uh, I'm guilty. Uh, yeah, so some people take time to say, Hey, I want to learn about this for like, you know, a really long time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, Really, if no one is really guiding your learning, then how do you know that you've reached the decision, you've reached the point where you can make that decision to put some money in, right? Will it be six months? Will it be a year? Will it be two years, right? You don't know what, it's like, you don't really know when it means to know. So, but then when you put in your money, then now my money is in there, (laughs) then I have to educate myself about this thing, right? Mm -hmm. To see how I can maximize the upside or prevent myself from losing are so much so i think those are like the core things that i would you know always advise that I advise anyone who is kind of still skeptical to do uh just look around you know look around you there are you probably right now as we are right now you probably find one or two people that you know who are into this right and you know just ask them you know questions there's no stupid question when it comes to this uh to crypto right everyone is learning and all of that so just ask your questions just be curious even if you know, just be curious. Just ask your questions. If they don't know, I'm pretty sure they will know someone who knows. And right now on YouTube, you can like literally educate yourself about a lot of things. You can download any app, go on YouTube, and you see how to use it. Right? There's so much materials uh, right now to kind of get yourself started. So I think it was important to get started, make those decisions, and then everything will happen from there. Yeah, and I actually wanted to ask you what's the best way to learn, and you mentioned YouTube. You know, like, we have information from both sides. We have information from people who are, like, really optimistic about crypto. And then we have information from people who are extremely pessimistic about crypto. And let us yeah. let us assume that, like, I am a beginner. But I want to make this crypto thing work. So if I were to go on a quest to learn about crypto, what are some things I should look out for? Let me, let me start with the bad things, right? There, there are teachers, there are um, YouTube channels, there are websites, you know, that will promise you insane returns just for giving them Bitcoin or your crypto, right? Number one, avoid them, okay? If anyone will tell you for certain that, uh, they can give you 100% on your Bitcoin immediately send Bitcoin to them or something. Don't do it, right? 
that's red flag and then one. that's that's like a major red flag that's like a major red flag the other red flag the other thing you should look out for is question everything they say when they tell you this take notes jot down your notes and then go and do your research yourself right nothing really beats uh you know just a google search away so if there's someone tells that this is how this works this is how this works always research right always look at the comments you know if it's a youtube video look at the comments that people are saying most of these people as well they they do what we call like ico pre-sales so they typically get those tokens at really cheap rates and then tell you and then come and talk to you about it when you're buying it and they do what we call dump it on you right mm-hmm. um it's something to something to really watch out for and of course like if someone's telling that hey look this coin is going to pump 20 percent today uh that's a red flag you should really be careful right because what it means is that they've probably planned a pump and dump and then when you put your money then that's when they're taking out their money and then you end up what we call holding the bag oh, right that's that's um, really bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I think some good things to look out for uh, when learning about this is when the person is not talking a lot about the price, then um, I think it's a good indicator. Why? Right? Why do you say so? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not just um, about the price when it comes to this, right? I mean, the price is like a lot of cryptocurrencies are speculative, you know, mm-hmm. but um. People who tend to, when you talk about the price, are more or less, they're likely shilling, shilling that thing to you so that you go and buy and maybe there's a pump or something, pump or dump that they're already planning in the background, right? Uh, because a lot of these people have a lot of followers, right? And mm-hmm. when they do it, uh, we, we saw a lot of that in 2017. Uh, you know, going into early 2018, like we saw a whole lot of that. Um, and this market, almost every bull run, uh, it repeats itself. We've seen it with Dogecoin, we've seen it with Shiba. Right now, I have friends holding millions of Shiba and, you know, Shiba bags. And we don't know if Shiba is ever going to come back up again or not, right? Yeah. And <laughs> it's influenced us to develop that. So uh, I think one indicator is not to, you know, the person is not talking so much about the price, but, um, about the potential, you know, applications and all of that. And um, I, I think the benchmark for for learning when it comes to this uh, is um, Andres uh, Antonopoulos. I don't know if you've seen Andres, if you know Andres Antonopoulos. Yeah, the name sounds really familiar. Yeah, you should check out Andres Antonopoulos uh, on YouTube. I, I think, I, I suggest his videos as the first thing, as the first place you should go to before you go anywhere. Okay. Once you can get things from him, I can assure you that once you start going to others, you're going to be able to see through any bullshit, you know, or whatever. And, you know, so, so I, I really recommend um, Andres. And if you really want to take it a notch higher, you can check out um, uh, University of Nicosia. They have this digital currency course, and he's one of the teachers as well there. And the course is free, right? You learn a whole lot. Uh, I think that's one of the you know, most um, solid teachers. So I remember any other solid resource uh, I mentioned it. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to drop links to that in the show notes. You know, BitNob is just focused on Bitcoin right now. Do you have plans of introducing Ethereum sometime in the future? Um, I, 
I don't know about that um, yet. For for stable coins, that's for sure, right? Um, for Ethereum, I, I, I don't know about that because my, my focus uh, uh, with BitNub right now is, um, so you think of a bank, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, instead of the way, instead of the way uh, banks are built on the current uh, financial system, I just think of it as a bank where, uh, which is built on top of Bitcoin, right? So you can save your money, you can earn interest, you can take loans and other value-added services. So not really like an exchange because Bitcoin is not like an exchange. It's not an exchange. It's more of a bank uh, but built on Bitcoin. We'll see how what the future holds for it. That's interesting. I'm looking forward to that. Like where Bitcoin is like, the go-to, you know, place where you can do all those transactions just like a bank. I, you just introduced um, the loan feature on Bitnob. How has the reception been like for that feature? Yeah, I think so. The people who, um, who have taken it, people have found it um, really useful. And the funny thing is um, when we launched that feature, it was the set of people that we had in mind were... You know, just individuals, right? Um, just uh, people saving and what on. The funny thing is, uh, a larger percentage of people who have actually taken loans, uh, business owners, right? Why is that surprising? <laughs> actually, I mean, they they are the sort of people who really need the loans. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's it's one of those things where when you were building the product, right? That was what you anticipated. So what we anticipated was, you know, people do a lot of savings, right, uh, in their investment plans, and they tend to break those savings whenever, you know, they have emergencies, right? So the loans was basically to kind of um, uh, provide a solution to them, you know, so that they don't have to break those savings, right? Of course, we've seen them taking, uh, taking. Take I mean, the loans are into thousands of dollars right now. I don't want to mention the exact figures, right? Wow. But they're into thousands of dollars already. Uh, it's just that, it's just that, uh, you know, personally, I never thought that more of the people taking it uh, by now would be, <laughs> would be businesses. Like, uh, I, I never thought, I, I never saw it now. I was thinking probably later, uh, you know. But uh, it's, it's kind of really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I think that's really cool because... I mean, for businesses, I mean, just think, think of a business that is trying to, like, get a loan from a bank and the procedure is insane and everything. And now they see this really customer-friendly way of taking a loan. And, I mean, what better way than to use BitNob, right? Yeah, in retrospect, it makes sense. <laughs> in retrospect, it makes sense. It's a business on asset again. So, yeah, I agree with you. I guess that means BitNob will start like taking business owners into consideration. Maybe like features, additional features for business owners. Who knows? Um, should I say it here? Okay. Ah, yeah. Let me let me say it here. Oh, please uh, say so it we, here. We, we want to hear it. <laughs> Exclusive. Yeah. So, um, we've actually been doing a couple of integrations uh, with a couple of businesses already. Of course, uh, I can't mention their names until we go live with them. But um, sometime in late August, uh, you know, early September, would have would have something for businesses like uh, fully out 
as well. Just um, from everything we've been learning over the past few months, uh, working with businesses, uh, just giving them something uh, to work with. So yeah, uh, we have something for businesses coming, definitely. Definitely. I'm looking forward to the day you have like a special feature for freelancers. Yeah. Oh, oh, gasp. That means something being planned. I hope so. Like fingers crossed. Because as a freelancer, one of one of our major issues is, you know, receiving quick payments. And yeah. I mean, just hearing how wonderful Bitnob is and how they've been helping businesses now. I mean, that's exciting to me because I feel this is a step in the right direction for a lot of us. And I know freelancers will because Bernard Parra gasped when I said it. So I know that very soon. <laughs> um, we have something for freelancers. Yes. Um, you know, now you're talking. Better than you're even thinking about it. Like, uh, it's going to be better than you. Uh, you are probably imagining it. It's, it's going to be better than that. I love so, yeah. it. This, this is exciting. This is yep. so exciting. So, um, okay, what is the funniest discovery you've made through Bitnob? Have oh, I find, found anyone funny? Let's see, I mean, there's been a lot of stressful ones. Funniest. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, lots of stressful ones. Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. If a, I don't know if a funny one. Uh, I'm thinking of it from you know with working with customers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, do you I like have personal interaction with customers, like you, or do, is it like basically a team that handles that? Um, a lot. I, I do a lot of that. Um, oh, wow. so, I'll see. I'll see. I'll see. I don't give you funny time. I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of reach out to our customers. And cool. some of them, some some of them don't. Some of them totally ignore the support button on the app, and you know it's just me. <laughs> oh my it's just me. So, anybody yeah. who's listening to this podcast episode, if you ever made an inquiry, it, I mean Bernard Power could have been the one who answered your question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, you know, so. For people, for a lot of people on Twitter, you know, they just send me a DM, right? And um, you know, I fix it for those of them who have my WhatsApp. They just reach out. But I think the most common thing, um, the most interesting discovery for me. No, it's not really funny, right? But you know, the most interesting discovery for me is um, these people really, uh, they really like the product, right? Like they really like it, and. You know, sometimes when they have those issues and I'm apologizing and I'm like, no, 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 come on, it's all right, it's okay, you know. And, you know, even when I'm feeling really bad because, you know, uh, I mean, this could be, they probably needed that money at a certain point in time to do this or that. And I know how important it is to get uh, your money when you need it, right? Uh, and it was sometimes it's not actually a serious issue. Right, it's just something that they need some clarification, some explanation, and certain things they want to hear from you yourself, right? Maybe they've spoken to customer support, and you know they still want to come to you and say, "Hey, you, what's up?" Like, is this this? Uh, but I, I think the feedback has generally been positive from people, you know, just calling out of the blue, saying, "Hey, look, I want to have a product sprint with you to talk about your product and give you these ideas." Like, uh, I found that really, really cool, and you know, so uh, when people on Bitnob, I feel like. We, I just like we're in, uh, when 
in in good company. We have like really good people using the platform, and I'm, I think that's one of the most interesting things. But shout out to all our customers. Yay! That's I mean when I was listening to you, I was like, you're such a sweetheart. So I had some calls from Bitnob in the past, and they were all amazing, fun calls. You know, half of me wished I recorded the call because it was actually really funny. So um, my first call from Bitnob was when they were telling me about the um, the leaderboard. And they're like, I want you to be on the leaderboard. And I mean, it was just so nice. And one thing I love doing when customers support calls, like I always try and make it really funny. Because, I mean, come on. These guys talk to people, you know, sometimes they have a shitty day. So I like to do weird things on the call. So they're like, oh, get the chance to um, win, I think, $150 or something if you make it to the top of the leaderboard. And then you get to have dinner with um, the founders of Bitnob. And you would never guess what I said on the phone. What did you say? Are they cute? What? It was really funny. Um, so, so we had a great laugh, but like, yeah. I mean, people on Bitnob team are amazing. So next time you're on Bitnob and you have a question, please be nice. It could be Bernard on the other end of the line. I mean, um, I think our customer support people really care. You know, sometimes when there's an issue and they're talking about it to the developers, you see the passion, it's like, it's actually hurting them personally, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's a good thing uh, because wow. I feel that way whenever a customer has an issue or so. Uh, I think customers are in really good hands um, with our customer support team as well. Yeah, and it's really com- comforting because a lot of us, you know, using banks and bank customer <laughs> care isn't that great. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but they're not that great. They make you stand in the queue. They don't care about what you're going through. And I mean... It's so nice that customer support of fintech companies are a lot more, um, you know, sympathetic towards us. So Bitnob and Bitnob has been great. Honestly, like I've spoken to customer support all around and you guys are amazing. So do you have um, some final words to share with our listeners right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I feel that, um, you know, as an individual, as um, for being up as a company, uh, the most important work we have for the next decade uh, is uh, onboarding as many people uh, in Africa and Africans in the diaspora, you know, you know, onto onto this um, opportunity, right? Uh, onto Bitcoin, and it's not something that Bitnob can do alone. Uh, it's something that Bitnob we need, you know, everyone who is on Bitnob to do it um, with us. So, you know, let's let's all work together. You know, let's let's take the challenge and, you know, let's let's do this. Uh, I don't want I don't want you know to come twenty thirty and maybe Bitcoin is like five hundred k and you know I have this friend that is regretting not buying. You know, um, I think let's let's do more. Let's try to educate uh, you know our friends. Um, you know, our families, you know, so that at the end of the day, anyone who chooses not to buy, of course, uh, it's more of, um, you know, a personal decision not to buy, not uh, due to lack of access or due to lack of um, knowledge. So, yeah, and, um, you know, I find I find the job uh, fulfilling so far. I'd like to see 
I'd like to see one billion people, you know, on this in the future. Fintech fam, you know, the goal is to get one billion people to use BitNob. So tell your friends, family, everyone in my house. Um, I think with the exception of my mom, we all have BitNob. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> so we're the Bitnote family. Yeah, the, the Bitnote family. family. Yay. <laughs> so make your family a Bitnote family, everyone. And thank you so much, Bernard Para, for being our first ever FinTech X guest. Thank you, Mary. Uh, I enjoyed the chat. Thank you. And such an honor being the first. <laughs> so thank you so much. I mean, and this was fun. It wasn't that bad, was it? No, yeah. I know. It was, uh, I enjoyed it. Oh, yay. That sounds great. Like, I feel yeah. good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, there you have it. I found it to be a very fun episode and I hope you like it as well. I'm gonna drop the socials of Bitnob and Bernard Para in the show notes so that you can reach out and say hey. And if you want to stay connected on social media, feel free to follow me at Mary underscore Imasuen. That's M-A-R-Y underscore I-M-A-S-U-E-N. And also follow the Fintech X at the Fintech X on Instagram and Twitter. That is at T H E F I N T E C H X on Instagram and Twitter. So I'll see you in the next episode. You know, when you're like, oh, I have to watch cartoons in the morning, I was like, oh, okay, that is an amazing morning routine. <laughs> Like a ritual, I, I know, just uh, don't miss it. I think the one thing I've noticed is whenever I'm watching, I just feel like a kid inside. Oh, like, wow. I'm not worried about any other thing in the world, right? I'm just fixated on it. And, you know, because most of those things are, like, for kids, right? So it just frames your mind. And I think, you know, they are, like, really important lessons to always learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I think I think just before I went off Twitter, I, I was tweeting about Shrek and his friendship with the donkey. The fact that the donkey was this noisemaker, the donkey didn't know <laughs> I how love to the pee. Donkey, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but if you if you think about it, the donkey the donkey always said the wrong things, right? Mm-hmm. Just said the wrongest of things. Like it's like you know. We have these friends that will say, you have a sharp mouth. You don't even know how to control your mouth and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like you say, really nasty things to people and all of that. But the donkey does all of that. Uh, but then somehow, you know, Shrek stuck with the donkey, right? And for one reason, it was because of loyalty. Mm-hmm. Shrek knew that no matter how much the donkey said this or that or whatever, that was the donkey's weakness. But... When it comes to loyalty, he could always count on the donkey, right? So he made his choice. Will he want someone who is always loyal to him? Or would he want someone who always just tells him the things he wants to hear? So so he just had to pick his poison. Mm -hmm. And then you can now put it in your own life as an adult and just say, okay, you know, people are not perfect, but... You know, there's always this part of them that, you know, you could take or not, you know, so... Kind of really, <laughs> uh, like a lot of lessons to learn actually when you watch them over. I think I've seen Shrek more than 30 times. I'm pretty wow. sure of that. Life lessons. Right. <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> Shrek and his friendship with a donkey. <laughs> oh my gosh. My recorder is still rolling, so I'm just, I mean, that could be the intro. <laughs> to-
this episode. Oh my god. <laughs> I do know. 